Welcome to the Dr. Francis Miles podcast. Dr. Miles will share prophetic words, insights, and revelation about some of the toughest topics in the Bible. Dr. Miles also has a healing ministry, birthed out of his own powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, and has seen many set free through his crusades and meetings. Tune into today's episode and be blessed by a fresh take from this anointed minister of the gospel. Hello, saints. This is Dr. Francis Miles, senior pastor of Francis Miles Church Online. Praise God. I encourage you again to check it out. FrancisMilesChurchOnline.com you will be amazed by how much content is on that side uh, to help you grow you in the, in the Holy Spirit, you know, and connect you to believers around the world. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. On last Sunday, we began a series on the sin-bearing servant. The sin-bearing Messiah uh, is what we began as, a, as our, a series. I believe we're going to be in this for another one more Sunday. Praise God. So if you missed last Sunday... I want you to watch it again because it's already on the YouTube, our YouTube channel, uh, Francis Mouse Church Online or Francis Mouse International. Praise God. Uh, now this is part two of the sin-bearing Messiah. The sin-bearing Messiah. Praise God. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 53, the Bible opens this amazing messianic, messianic uh, uh, passage of scripture by asking a question, who has believed our report? Who has believed our reports and then goes into the report the Bible wants us to believe. And much is loaded in that report. And I believe if many believers believe that report, your life will never be the same again. It will change. Your level of faith would be on a different level. Praise God. So we're going to be, pick it up from verse 4. So Isaiah 53 beginning from verse 4 says, Surely, that, in other words, you can't even doubt this. You know, you can try to debate it, but it's not going to change the fact that surely here Jesus, Messiah Jesus, has borne our griefs. He has borne our griefs. That means that every kind of grief you can ever go through, whether it's the, the grief that comes from the end of a marriage through divorce, or the grief that comes from the end of a marriage through death, or the loss of a child, or the loss of a husband, the loss of a, of a wife, whatever the grief is, he has borne our grief. Because understand that Jesus is a sin eater. God sent him to come and eat. Not only the sin itself, but the very consequences of the sin. The fruit that sin produces. He had to eat that. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a full kingsman redeemer. There will be some things of redemption that will be missing if Jesus left anything out. That's why nobody could do what Jesus did because nobody could be able to experience the, the, uh, experience the poisonousness of sin and its devastating consequences, you know, that is human. Anybody in the flesh of ours, he would be swallowed up by the sin itself. So God found the perfect son, Jesus, who never sinned, never, never disobeyed God once, loved God all the way through it, loved man all the way through it, stood for the truth all the way through it. Tempted, the Bible says he was tempted in every way possible, and yet he was without sin. This is our Kingsman Redeemer. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Carried our sorrows. So you don't have to live on Prozac. You do not have to live on Prozac. 
There are people that live that way. Depression it seems to be a constant companion in their life. The devil is a liar. That altar of depression can be destroyed by the revelation, the realization, you don't have to take it. Somebody else did. The enemy is making you, the enemy is cheating. Is making you carry sorrows somebody else has carried on your behalf. When I realized I was carrying things Yeshua had already carried in his body, oh, I said, the devil is a liar. That's when I began to drop. I began to demand the, the, the benefits of my salvation to begin to be experienced. You see, you know, it's not enough that Jesus did it for you. You've got to believe it. You've got to be able to believe it, to appropriate it. You've got to be able to put uh, 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 pressure on the benefits of salvation by your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. You've got to act on it. You've got to act on it. Praise God. So I don't know what you're going through, but you better tell the devil and his mother-in-law, you're not going to carry this sorrow anymore. Somebody paid the price. Wouldn't it be funny, you know, you're, you're driving by the road, carrying a heavy load, then somebody with a truck, stops because they are feeling sorry for you, carrying such a heavy load and walking, and they said, okay, we're going to give you a lift and get you to where you're going. But then you, get, you, you go to the back seat, you go to the back, to the back of, the, of, of the truck, and then you are still, while the truck is driving, you are still lifting the weight. They're going to say, something is crazy. This person is, is either foolish, you know, or completely stupid. What are you doing? The reason why we gave you a lift is so you don't have to carry the weight. Let the weight of your carriage be on the, on the truck. That's what Jesus did. I don't have to carry the sorrows. I don't have to carry the grief. Neither do you. Because the sin eater, the sin eater, the sin bearing Messiah Jesus carried our sorrows. And yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. That means a lot of people misunderstood the life of Jesus. They thought Jesus was afflicted because he was a common criminal. He deserved it. Well, how, how, I, mean, I mean, if he didn't do something wrong, why would, do, why would he die such a horrible death that the Romans only reserved for treasonous uh, 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 people or they reserved for the waste type of criminals, crucifixion, death by crucifixion? But the truth of the matter is Jesus, as our substitute, was telling us how tragic, how horrible sin is. That the only death that's comparable to what sin can do to the human nature, to the, to the nature of God in you, is the cross. Jesus took the punishment on him, and yet we esteemed him stricken. We thought God did it to him. There were even people mocking Jesus, saying, Physician, heal thyself. You, we, held you, we held you healed in Capernaum. You did this. Why don't you heal yourself? He, he, Jesus did not go on the cross because he sinned. He went on the cross because somebody had to pay the price. And God knew we could, he, none of us could do it. We are guilty as hell, but none of us could do it. So the just died for the unjust. This is the mystery and the glorious love story of the cross. That the unjust, you know, were intercepted by the just. The innocent took the place of the guilty. And yet we esteemed him stricken. As if it was smitten by God, and we, you know, you know, and we, you know, and we, and we, we can self self righteously pontificate, but the truth of the matter is, it was smitten by God, it was afflicted, because that was what was required. The law of God demanded the soul that sinneth must die. That was the law of God; it could not be broken. The law of God cannot be broken. He said, "The soul that sinneth must die." 
But look at verse 5. But he was wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions. This is very interesting. He was wounded for our transgressions, meaning that transgression is the kind of sin you don't see. You see, a wound is something that is internal. So transgression has to do with things that wound the soul. There are things you can do. You know, you know, you, you know that, you know that, you know, for instance, you know that you, you, your husband is faithful and you cheat on him. He doesn't know about it. Or your wife doesn't know about it, but you cheated. Even though she doesn't know about it, your, sin, your soul is wounded by the transgression. Because even though she doesn't know it, you've changed. You are guilty. Now you're cutting guilt because you know what you did. That's, that's transgression. It wounds the soul. See, not every, not every wound is visible. As a matter of fact, most dangerous wounds are not visible. They are on the soul. He was wounded for our transgressions. That means everything you've ever done to sin against your mind, will, and emotions. He was, it took that. That's what transgression is. Transgression has to do with sin against, the sins against the soul. You sin against your own soul. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised, bruised for iniquity. Iniquity has to do with bloodline, stuff in the bloodline. Iniquity has to do with stuff in the bloodline. Things that genetically you inherited, the propensity to lie, to cheat, to, for, towards pedophilia, uh, towards, uh, towards uh, alternative lifestyles. You know, that iniquity, that iniquity, that generational iniquity, Jesus was bruised for that. He wants to deliver us from stuff that we don't even know what we're doing. But genetically, we are predisposed towards cancer, predisposed towards diabetes, predisposed towards certain sins or habits or addictions. He died for that iniquity. In our bloodline, stuff passed on from mother to father, son and daughter. All that generational junk that can come through the bloodline. The Bible tells me this, the sin-bearing Messiah, the suffering servant, he was bruised for those very iniquities. A, a while back, I appeared on the Seed Roth show, It's Supernatural, in, in 2013. That was the first time I was on Seed Roth, It's Supernatural, you know, and um, Seed brought me in because I was doing a show on uh, a book I wrote called Breaking Generational Curses Under the Order of Melchizedek. And a life-changing book that's available on my website, francismiles.com, as well as Amazon, and I believe even iBooks. And we're dealing about how to jump bloodlines, how to jump bloodlines. And I'm telling you, we've seen, we've seen hundreds of thousands of people literally go through a prophetic art called jumping the bloodline to deal with iniquity. And the only reason why it works is because Jesus, the suffering servant, the sin-bearing Messiah, was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace, our shalom, was upon him. The chastisement. The chastisement means the beatings. The beating that was needed. Remember when Jesus Christ was beat 39 stripes? 39 times? The most vicious beating a man can ever receive under, 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 Roman, under Roman rule. He received that. Some people, according to Josephus, couldn't even, couldn't even last two, two slashes. The slash, that the, 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 whip, the, the weaponry that the Romans used for uh, um, for the stripes that were put on, on, on the body of Jesus 
had teeth in it. So when the whip would go into the flesh, when you put it out, it came with, with, with meat, flesh. Attached to it just came out of the body. There were people, hardcore criminals, who couldn't last two of those. Lashes begin, before begin, they, they begin to pee in their pants or they collapse or they faint. And yet Yeshua, Jesus, endured 39 of those stripes. Friends, this is why the Bible says, how shall we escape the wrath of God that's coming if we neglect so great a salvation? If we neglect so great a salvation, how shall we escape the coming wrath of God? For there's coming a day when God is going to judge this world of ours, both the, dead, both the dead and the living by Jesus Christ whom he raised from the dead. And you know, you won't be able to lie on that day. This is the time of grace. Receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive it right now. The Bible says, as you hear, today is a day of salvation. As you hear, do not turn your heart around. Receive Jesus. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God right now. Turn your life around. You have the power to change your life. The chastisement of your peace, your shalom. That means you're not supposed to be living in emotional turmoil. Why? Because the chastisement, the payment, the punishment for your shalom, your peace was put upon him. I was talking to a Hebrew scholar who told me something about shalom that I'd not heard before. He said, Francis, you know, shalom in the Hebrew language has another dimension to it that the Gentiles don't even get to. And he said to me, shalom not only means nothing broken, nothing missing. Shalom also means to be delivered from the principle that addicts you to chaos. It means to be delivered from the principle that addicts you to chaos. My God, I was shouting happy when I heard that definition. So it's not enough for the, 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 you know, that nothing is missing, nothing is broken, but, it's, but the reason why nothing is missing, nothing is broken in your life, is because you have not been delivered from the very principle that addicted you to a life of chaos. That is shalom, the chastisement for that type of lifestyle to become your portion in your life was upon him. And by his stripes, you have been healed. Somebody right now has got a serious case of ulcers. That's what, the whole Lord, that's what the Lord is telling me. Somebody watching me right now, you have a serious case of ulcers. There are certain foods, when you take them, you almost collapse. God is healing you right now. There's a warmth. You are feeling a warmth coming in your stomach. That's the healing anointing of God. I want you to test yourself and eat something you couldn't eat before. You're going to find out you have been healed. Because by his stripes you have been healed. That's why guys like myself can work in the healing ministry. Only because Jesus paid the price for men like me and Pastor Benny Hinn and others to work in the healing ministry. Praise God. Check yourself. Ulcers are being healed. Severe case of ulcers is being healed. Please send me your testimony. I testify at francismouse.com. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wow. All we like, and then he says this. Praise God. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of our soul. You know what? There is nobody who can boast before God. Nobody can say, you know, I'm perfect. My life is so juicy. You know, I, I read a moral. Listen, even your righteousness is like filthy rags. Because, you know, if, you know I, I don't care. You might, be, you might be cleaner among sinners, but you are still a sinner. You know, and sin is, you know, you are still stinking with sin. The Bible says all of us, all of us have gone astray. That's the good news that, that none, of us, none, none of us can boast. 
So it doesn't matter what, how bad you think you messed up before God. We all begin at the same place of sin. Yes, maybe yours might be more outrageous, more atrocious than the next guy. But the truth of the matter is, the song that says, come as you are. Come as you are. And Jesus will wash your sin away. And that's what happened to me in 1989. I came as I was. I attached some pretty dirty stuff. In my young life, I was 18 when I got born again, but still, I had involved myself in some crazy stuff. Stuff I'm embarrassed about, ashamed about. But God washed me by the blood of Yeshua. And when I came back from that altar, I knew I was cleansed. I knew I was radically born again, never looked back. And today, 15, uh, 14, going to 15 books later, that are books all over the world, who could have thought? And a sinner like me could be a best-selling author around the world, my own television shows, touching millions of people around the world. Only God could have done that. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of our soul. The Lord has did it. Don't try to impress God. He already knows your condition, but he just wants you to come home. He just wants you to acknowledge that Jesus Christ did not die for nothing. He died for you. But if you acknowledge that simple fact that Jesus did not die for nothing, he died for you, your whole entire life is going to change. Your entire life is going to change, praise God. What a God we serve. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says this. He was oppressed. I don't know who I'm talking to. Somebody was oppressed right now. Oppression has to do with demonic activity. It has to deal with the attacks on the mind and the soul. It can come from the demonic world. Because the Bible says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principal and powers in the heavenly realm, against rulers of darkness, you know, against spiritual wickedness in high places or heavenly places. Praise God. We are dealing with, with ver ver ferocious enemies, demons who hate people with a passion, fallen angels who hate man because they hate God. And sometimes, you know, the attack of these demons can be so oppressive. I prayed for many people to be delivered from demonic oppression, and none of them have ever wanted these demons to ever return after they got delivered. Right now, under the anointing of God, I feel an anointing for deliverance. Somebody's being delivered from nightmares. Somebody, there's somebody watching me right now. There are times you're even afraid to go to sleep because your sleep is not restful. You're always being chased by strange creatures in your dreams, as the Lord is saying to me. Right now, God is shutting the door to the demonic world. I rebuke those demonic spirits of oppression that come to you in your dreams, and I command them to leave. By the blood of Jesus, I, I destroy their evil altars in the dream dimension where they are projecting themselves into your dream and oppressing you until they suck the life of God out of your, out of your time, of, time of rest. The devil is a liar. The Bible says he was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Why? Because this was not about him. It was about us. He took it for our sake. He had every right to open his mouth and challenge the, 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 the validity of what was happening to him. But he did, not, he did not do that because he understood he was a sin-bearing servant. He understood that he was a sin-eater. Praise Jesus. He understood that he was a sin-eater. He was out there to eat the sin of the whole world. Glory to God. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened up his mouth. 
he was laid as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Why he did not open his mouth? Simply because, again, he understood he was the Lamb of God. John the Baptist had already prophesied, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So why would he protest what he came to do? Like he just trusted himself to God who was able to raise him from the dead. And, and allowed himself to be crucified, the holy body of the cross, as a lamb given up for ransom. And he did. That's why there is wonder-waking power in the blood of Jesus. Because nobody has ever died with such obedience to God. There is no human being, no martyr, no martyr of the faith. Nobody has ever died this way. He had the power to call the angelic realm. Jesus could call angels and there would have been a legion of them to kill everybody in sight to protect the Son of God. But, but he was silent because he knew that would get in the way of redeeming us. Because the price of sin had to be paid. So, devil, so the devil could not accuse God in the court of heaven of cheating in the act of redemption. So God fulfilled the law because the law is the voice of the Lord. Glory to God. Now check this out. He was taken from prison and from judgment. That's why Jesus can identify with prisoners. When I was in prison, you came and saw by me. So when you visit prisoners and take the gospel to, to people, to inmates, you need to understand heaven recognizes that ministry. One of the most important New Testament ministries is visiting people in jail, in prison, and preaching the gospel. One of my dear friends, Kerry Souza, found the Lord Jesus in prison when she was incarcerated for 12 years. She found Christ and became a major apostle from the prison house into the television ministry she's into today, touching millions of people every week. So do not tell me that, 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 that deliverers cannot come from jail. They can. Joseph came from the, from the prison house. Yes, he was falsely accused, but it doesn't matter. He came from jail. He came from prison. So the Bible says now he's identified with the prison. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who would declare his generation? Who shall declare his generation? What, what does that mean? It means Jesus today has a generation. He has the people who carry his DNA. That word generation is made up of two words. Generation. Generation. Who shall declare the people on the earth, this new troop, this new bloodline of people who carry the DNA of Jesus? I'll declare it. That's what I'm doing right now. I carry the DNA of Jesus. So do you if you receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. And if you hold on to the faith, you carry the DNA of Jesus. That's why the Bible calls you a child of God. As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become children or sons of the living God. Who shall declare his generation? I'll declare it. If you don't do it, I'll do it. He was cut off from the land of the living. He was cut off from the land of the meaning he died. He died. It was not a facade. He died. Jesus is the only savior in known in human history. Confucius is dead. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is, is graveyard dead. But Yeshua, the tomb of, of Yeshua in Jerusalem today is empty. For his reason, just like he said. That's what the angel said. 
But he was cut off from the land of the living so that he could test death and destroy him who had the power of death. That's the devil. That's what Hebrews 2 verse 14 says. Because Satan had the power of death and he could scare everybody with death. My mentor, Dr. Miles Monroe, used to say this. No man truly lives in life until they are no longer afraid to die. If you're afraid to die, you're, never, you're always going to be manipulated by the fear of death. It will make you do stupid stuff. It will make you compromise. Look at the COVID, what has been happening in the church with this COVID pandemic. It has exposed many Christians don't believe in, don't really believe. Because if you truly believe that Jesus Christ has, has risen from the dead, then why are you afraid to die? Why would you let anybody make you do something that violates your faith in order for you to stay alive? That's how many people are going to end up with the mark of the beast in the days to come because they want to live so much and the enemy will use their fear of death to manipulate them into renouncing the only, uh, the only Savior God ever gave you, Yeshua Jesus. Oh God, may God help us. May God bring us to a place where we do not, we hate our lives. The Bible says, for they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, but they did not love their lives unto death. That's, that is Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. See, many people, they quote the first part. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. But who's going to quote the last part? And they loved not their lives unto death. My friend, if you love your life, you are venerable. You are venerable to the attacks of the enemy. The enemy is going to play you like ping pong because he knows you are afraid to die. That means you are, you are ready to compromise at the point where your life is threatened. You will throw your beliefs away, including Jesus, if you're not careful, and denounce everything. This is what matters in history. have died because they would rather die in the flesh than to denounce, renounce the Lord Jesus Christ. May God give us that grace to love him so much that even at the point of death, we will say, you know, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That is always my prayer to God. God, let me love you to the point of death. It's a prayer I believe every believer has to pray because you don't know how you're going to go. Lord, help me to love you to the point of death. That death will not be the thing that causes me to denounce Jesus. To live five more years, to live ten more years, and you renounce the only the one who died for you, renounce the only one that came and rescued you from the clutches of the devil. Are you kidding me? Ten more years, five more years, 15 more years. What is that compared to eternity? It's a flash of a second. May God give us the spirit of the martyrs who have gone ahead of us, who've loved Jesus, loved God to the very point of death. Hallelujah. Listen, saints. I'm not out of revelation. I'm just out of time for this under service. But I'm going to continue with the final piece of the, of the sin uh, bearing Messiah, the sin bearing Messiah. We're going to have one more Sunday at this, and then the series will end. I hope you are being blessed. I hope you are being touched by the Spirit of God. Please leave your comments in the comment section. We want to hear what God is saying to you. Praise God, how these revelations are blessing you. But at this juncture, I just want you to give an opportunity for you to give to the Lord. In the book of Proverbs, I'm going to read this to you because I want you to, to give around this scripture. Praise God. Always so in the word because the word is what God multiplies. God does not multiply anything else but the word because the word is God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. So God loves the word. Hallelujah. So here, Proverbs 11 Verse, uh, verse, from verse 24 to 25, he says, There is one who scatters and yet increases the more. 
That's God's system that as you scatter your seed, you are going to increase more and not lose. And there is none, and there is one who withholds, holds on even more than what is right, but it only leads them to poverty. Because holding in the kingdom only leads to poverty. In the more you hold on to something, the less you have of it. The generous soul will be made rich. This is the promise of God. And he who waters will also be watered himself. My God, hallelujah. So as you get ready to give your tithes and offering to the Lord, I just want you to be able to avail yourself to the different ways you can give into this ministry. Uh, in the comment section of your giving, let us know what you're sowing for. Whatever medium you are giving through, we have ways in which you can let us know what you're sowing for, what you're believing for, because we have people that pray for you. We pray for you as you bring in this. As the money comes in, we, we pray over the people giving this ministry at the altar. I have an altar where I pray for the people that give into this ministry because your seed matters. Your seed to me represents something you're believing God for, and that is important to God, it's important to me. And so so I, we take it very seriously. So please let us know what you are sowing for and who you are sowing for. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it is just getting close to God. Whatever it is, we want to pray with you and believe God with you and begin to see miracles happen in your life. And whenever you get a miracle as you sow into this ministry, please testify. Go to testify at francismouse.com and we want to find out what God is doing in your life. Praise the Lord. God is a good God. Amen. Again, on the screen, you can see the different ways you can give into this ministry. Now, listen. Maybe you're listening to me and you have never given your life to Christ. You know what? Today is a day of salvation. And I just want you right now to simply say, Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the, is the, is the Son of God. He died for me and he took away my sin on the cross. I receive him as my Savior today. Jesus, come into my heart, change me, and make me into a child of God. Holy Spirit, take away all my sin by the blood of Jesus and make me walk as a child of God from this day forward. I believe if you pray that prayer, you are already wonderfully and gloriously born again. Heaven is your destination. Jesus is now your, 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 your Savior and the Heavenly Father, the Lord thy God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Again, this is Dr. Francis Mouse saying thank you so much for joining us for another life-changing Sunday service here at Francis Mouse Church Online. Until next time, Shalom, Shalom, Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at francismiles.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. May God bless you today and always.